everyone. This is Brian and Marina with Good Dog Workshop. We're your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thanks everyone for being here. We appreciate it. Um, we are getting back to the our myths. Myths, our top 10 myths. The myth countdown. Um, oh, I forgot to do the usual. Hi, Marina. How are you? Well, you did introduce me, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so you don't want to tell people how you are? I mean, everything's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doesn't you didn't like ask, it. so. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. No, no. But really, we're getting back to our myths. We came off the myths for a while. So we decided that number two... We, and we switched it just we now. We switched it. Because we had a topic, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good enough, an interesting enough topic. This one's important, though. Um, yes. The myth is rescue dogs are inherently come with problems. Right, are somehow broken. Yeah. Because a lot of times clients will tell me on the phone, I was going to get a rescue dog, but I wanted to start fresh with one that I could train and imprint on and didn't come with problems yeah. already. Like doesn't exactly work like that. I think this is a good podcast to do right now too because it's unfortunate, but December Christmas time lots of people are giving up their dogs. Shelters kind of get inundated. I know that our local shelter is. They have a ridiculous amount of dogs right now. Mm. Um and they've had you know, owner surrenders left and right, people dropping off strays and you can tell that the dog wasn't really a stray. Um so in the name of promoting rescue, we're going to talk about why it's not true that adopting a rescue dog is automatically going to put you in a situation where you have a non-fixable dog or a dog with severe behavior issues. Right. And I remember something that my, uh, I think my dad had told me years ago um, is that his father always felt that buying a used car was buying someone else's problems. Is that right. someone bought a car and then turned it in, you know, sold it for a reason. Something is wrong with this car. No, it's not necessarily, I mean, maybe it is in some cases, but you get tired of it. It wasn't what you thought it was. You know, it's like, oh, no, I actually need a truck instead of a car, What, whatever it was. But it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it. Right. But I think a lot of people have that have that notion for some reason from a dog who, well, why, is, why was this dog returned? What's, what's wrong with it? Right. Um, some of them that are sitting in our local shelter right now, the dog was returned to make room for the new puppy. Or the baby. Right. Or some usually false uh, magic allergy in the house. Yes. Oh, my, my child is allergic to dogs. Well, you've had seven Financial dogs issues. before. Financial issues. No. Yeah. Anyway. Um, our so friend, um, sorry to interrupt, but this is a good example. Our friend Jeremy, he has a dog... Um, who was given up for a resource guarding And issue. Jeremy, we know you're listening. We are going to get you doing a podcast yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. It would do, be better if you told this story, but... Yes, we would, we would, like, to hear, we would <laughs> like to hear this about uh, from you directly about your awesome dog, Cash. So we'll keep it brief. I was so going to say, I don't want to give too yeah. many details so that I can force Jeremy to tell the story. Yeah. But Cash had a, a behavior issue in his previous home, resource guarding, and it's never happened in Jeremy's home. Nope. So sometimes, you know... A, a dog's issues are environmental. It has nothing to do with the programming of the dog. 
And if, you know, you take a dog into your home, you're not necessarily going to see the exact same behavior issues that anybody has told you they've exhibited before. Right. I would actually say most of the time. Sure. The dog's behavior issues are because it's environment, given that we are the number one element in a dog's environment. Right. So a nervous person can create all sorts of things in a dog's environment and create a nervous dog and a non-nervous person, a calm person and, you know, a assertive person, good leader those things just won't come up. Right. Or I would say a lot of the time people experience behavior issues because they went out and adopted a dog who didn't fit into their lifestyle very well. Right. Needs, you know. Wasn't a good match. Yeah. I have um, another client who she is a very low energy, kind of relaxed person. Even the way she talks is slower, mm-hmm. you know. And she went out and adopted a purebred American Staffordshire Terrier. And I think that dog is the bee's knees. She's right, so right, fun right. to train. Mm-hmm. She, But she wants to have a ton of fun training, walking, hiking, you know. The dog running, does. The dog yeah. does. Running through obedience trials, stuff like that. Like, that's what this dog's built for. And the person's just not. Right. Um, it's like if Sailor, your Chesapeake Bay Retriever, were with pretty much anyone else. Somebody that wants to live on land. Yes. He would not. <laughs> He would not have as enjoyable life as he does with you because you enjoy doing the stuff that he likes to. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, of course. Um, Okay. So at five and a half minutes in, should we get started on this topic kind of? I think we have. So anyway, (laughs) here's how I would, you know, pose the question to you. Uh, And I think I talked about this on a recent podcast. I was once finding a dog for a family and I kept showing them rescue dogs and the dad kept turning them down. Just buy a picture. Mm -hmm. And so I, he came to me and he said, you know what? I'm really, you know, my son did not grow up with dogs. I did, but my son's not dog savvy. You know, he doesn't show, and he does now, but he doesn't show a lot of confidence. Um, When he's going up to meet a dog, he's just not familiar with how to behave around them. And I'm worried that by rescuing an adult dog, then, you know, because of his demeanor, because he doesn't know how to behave around them, you know, they're going to bite him or something bad is going to happen. Hmm. Um, and he said, so I'm really nervous about rescuing, but I don't want a puppy. I don't really know what to do. Okay. Um, what would you say to somebody that said that to you? Well, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, with my memory, who knows if, how many times you've told me this, but this feels like a new part of a conversation with a client that we've talked about before. For sure, I said it on a podcast before. Okay. Jeremy can let you know, but anyway. Yeah, Jeremy will let us know. Um, So to me, there's a couple of things. One is uh, the age of the the son, you know, how how young is he, how able to learn about about dogs is he, how self-aware is he, um... Is he as interested in getting a dog as the as the dad is, or the parents, or the rest of the family are? Is is he is he active? So the whole bunch of factors there, just in in with the with the son there. Um, but the main thing for me is, I'm I'm assuming this is a not <clears throat> this is a minor child, not a not an 18 or older child. No, no, he. Oh gosh, how he was probably <clears throat> 11. Okay, so. My main concern is, well, what has the father been doing or what have the parents been doing to help the problem, to, right. to improve things, to, to teach the, the, the son or the other, other children, well, this is how you should greet a dog and this is why they do that and let's go practice this. So, so that's my point. This person <laughs> believed if I rescue a dog, 
XYZ is going to happen because the dog is a rescue. So how do you explain to somebody that believes that this will not be the case? Right. But my answer to the question is different right. based on what has the what has the parent been doing for the past couple of years, couple of months, couple of weeks with this kid to get them educated or knowledgeable about dogs right no, nothing okay then we'd have one conversation if the kid if the parent has been doing lots of stuff and having the kid go with them to dog parks and and help out at adoption events or or go to the spca and and help walk dogs if the if the if the parent has been getting the kid exposed and giving them some information sure okay then is it good information and, and we can just kind of continue that or is it ridiculous information and we need to kind of change that and, and turn the ship ship around so so the answer is kind of, it depends. Well, the answer is, <clears throat> what is your environment like? Not a rescue dog isn't for you. And, and right, I, I, see, I see where you're going with that. Right? But even before that, uh, my, my next question would be, you know, Dad, what is your knowledge of dogs. about dogs? And what is your experience with dogs? So, so the past up to the present of of the of the of the father of the parents experience with dogs right. and then i would ask the question that you just asked right. is what's the environment like with you the family you know ev everyone other dogs in the household the neighborhood what whatever it is so i think there's a whole lot of things for me leading up to that that i'd want to know first before you find them down yeah before before i say okay this is the conversation we're we're going to have or this is you know this is how i would i would find out more information in order to to best help these people right that, that's interesting because we went about it different ways right what i did was um i found a golden lab i have talked about this in the podcast mm -hmm. so i'll keep it short i found a golden lab who lived with five children right before and he was uh he lived with an autistic child before mm. So nothing this family could throw at that dog would matter. Okay. Yes, he was a rescue dog. Yes, he was given up actually because the owners needed to move and couldn't bring the dog with them. And was what was the age of the dog? Do you remember when he was given up? He's he was three. Okay, so he wasn't adult. He wasn't adult. Okay. Um, but he was his temperament was just bomb proof. Right. You know, and he still is, and he's been a great tool to help their son learn about dogs, and. They were close with me, so I went over there several times right. and helped their son train his dog. And he's a good kid, super good kid, dedicated. He, those two are best friends now, and cool. now the kid understands what it's like to be around a dog. Um, but my point was, not all rescues are going to have a social issue. Not all rescues are going to be, because this is the myth, right? Oh, if I go to a rescue, if mm -hmm. I go to the shelter. Whatever dog I pull out of there, will it broken, will be so. unpredictable. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. Or, well, or, or worse, or just bad. Anything that bad. the dog does mm -hmm. is going to lead to bad behavior, you know, including getting getting bitten or, or, or something like that. Right. One of the dogs I showed them was Isotope, by the way. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And they were like, no. But I showed them this goofy uh, golden lab. And... They, they were sold. And the dad looked at me. He was like, you did it. I said, I know I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Right. <laughs> this is obviously before I worked for Good Dog Workshop. But, I was going to um, say, this is a while ago. Yes. Um, that is, that I think is 
how we always confront this myth. Mm -hmm. Like, this is how we hear about it. This is a well-meaning father, not a horrible anti-rescue person, right? right? Um, And, you know, he's probably worked just in what he did for work. He probably worked closely with the animal shelter in his county sometimes. Oh, okay. Um, So he probably had seen some things that made him uncomfortable about rescue, but I was, you know, I, I told him, we could still find a dog that fits your family. Right. Right. Um, and the dog needed some training, He, but he never developed a terrible behavior issue. But certainly the dog didn't need, quote unquote, more work. No. Than a, a dog that you'd purchase from a breeder. Uh, or no. a puppy. Uh, no. Yeah, just because just someone else hasn't owned the dog before doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Right. So that's my point. Yeah. Encountering this myth. And oh my God, we've talked about before, getting a puppy is not all it is cracked up to be. Raising an infant dog <laughs> is hard. That's why they end up in rescue. Right. Because it's like, um, I did not know what I was getting into. Uh, or, so or we're going to drop it off at Christmas and try again. Right. Or a lot that we heard this, this past year is... Oh, I haven't had a puppy in 10 or 15 or 20 years. I forgot what it was like. Yeah, because it's only a year of their life, and you remember the other 13, you know? Well, that or, being being older than you, it's easy for me to look back and say, when I was 25, I had the energy to take care of a puppy. A puppy. Now that I'm double that, less. I could still do it, and I would still enjoy it, but less so. You're you're right, because same thing with kids, right? And oh. a lot of empty nesters. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> a lot of empty nesters right. get a puppy, and they. It's like, hey, remember when you had a baby? Yeah. Remember how long ago that was? And now they just left the house. What are you doing to yourself? Yeah. You know. <laughs> and I, I tell them like, this is going to be a lot shorter. Yeah. It's just pretty much the first and year. Cost and co- yeah, ideally, um, it's just going to be the first year. But you're still raising an infant creature mm-hmm. to be an adult creature. You know. And it will just still, hit the fast forward button. Yes, it will still uh, it will still have teeth, and it will put its teeth on various things, including you, to, yeah. to test and and uh, and explore. Um, it will go to the bathroom at least once, even though it's some, cute and small. It's still a predator. Yeah, somewhere you don't want it to, mm-hmm. and it's gonna ruin furniture in some fashion, and it's not gonna listen to you to some degree, at least for a while. Yep. Um, and I can't, I do not have a pill for that. No, there, there isn't. That's just, yeah. that's just leadership and, uh, uh, and, and time. Right. So back to my family that I helped, they didn't, they knew they di- couldn't do that. They yeah. knew they didn't have the schedule for that. They finally, uh, etched time out in their schedule to train and work with an adult dog. Right. Um, but they knew that a puppy was not what they could handle, not yeah. what they wanted to wanted to deal with so he was like how do i even get an adult dog you know without rescuing i said you rescue what's wrong with rescue and you know um he obviously had his concerns but clearly i I think that i proved to him just because you're rescuing doesn't mean you're going to get a behavior case you're not going to get a dog that's going to hurt your son i promise yeah you know especially since i was helping them i I have, we have had some of our clients who just, um, walk into a shelter with this idea of a dog mm-hmm. that would be good for them, but they're not making a good decision. And then they call us because they're like, I'm seeing these, these, these behaviors. 
And I'm like, well, what kind of dog do you have? A husky. Yeah, why do you have a husky and you live in a townhouse? Like, right. didn't anyone talk to you? Or, <laughs> you know? or yeah, you you and your wife are in your in your seventies and retired, and you adopted a six month old a six month old pit bull named yeah. Turbo. Yep. And you're not very active. Yeah, probably probably not a good good choice on your part. Yeah. Um. So there's a couple things here. Is is one. And and this is again, Jeremy. You have to come and do this podcast with us, not, not this one, next one. Uh, about about the whole rescues. world is waiting now. Yeah, no kidding. So anyone who knows Jeremy, text him now and tell him he has to come over and record with us. Um, a lot of rescues out there are Hold filled. On, I'm texting Jeremy. Oh, nice. Are filled with well-meaning animal lovers. Unfortunately. Sometimes it doesn't go any further than that. Sometimes there isn't the skill, there isn't the um, the knowledge, there isn't um, you know the expertise, there isn't the, uh, the the energy. So a lot of times people go to a to a shelter or a rescue group, and they're thinking that they're getting good information from the the people with the with the dogs are running running the rescue organization yeah. just because that's what they do. I feel terrible saying that yes. because I, I've worked in rescue before and I know how hard it is and I worked for um, a really great rescue so mm-hmm. when you work in a shelter in a very rural county and you have extremely limited resources no I don't really want to be criticizing you I understand um, what you're going through however from my client's perspective right I, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily trust just about anybody who works in rescue to find them the perfect dog for them. Right. And you have to also think these people who work around all these dogs, they're they're more concerned about the dog than about the person. So they just want the dog to get adopted and have a chance to live in a home. Might be in a hurry to show you a dog that's been there forever. Yeah, and I, I, I think that that may be a little too... Too much of a broad statement that we've we've kind of come into now that I've I've said myself, but yes, yeah, sometimes it comes down to the the rescue groups, the, the the animal shelters. It comes down to numbers. Everybody has their own perspective based on you know their experiences and right. what their job is. And the res- the our friends in rescue, their job is to you know help these to animals find, find homes for find dogs. homes for dogs. Right. Um, uh, it's also and you and I have done this too. You're also just sometimes hopeful that this person is coming in here yeah. mm-hmm. and that they, you know, they, they seem very confident about adopting this dog that you're like, are you sure that you, you know, it's going to require this, 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 this. And, and, and then, they, then and later they, give, they call you back and yeah. they're like, well, I'm experiencing this problem. It's like, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. You know, in that, in that moment, they give you the answers that you, you want, want to hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to, Take a step back and say, okay, let me let me make sure that what I'm hearing is 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 correct and not just because I want to get this dog adopted because I feel bad for him or whatever. So the, there's a whole emotional side to to rescue and that, you know, that's true for for us as us as well. So essentially all we're saying, we're we're not saying that rescues aren't doing their job. We're saying that people who are rescuing should consider this decision more than maybe they do so when you walk into a rescue be educated be educated yeah educate yourself before right. before you know in, in rather than rely solely on the expertise of the people who you know are fostering this dog or who, right. who, who, 
who have this dog under their under their care and, and you know that that can be any number of <clears throat> any number of sources to educate yourself it can be can be online videos you know and and, and books and certainly our our podcast we help um but also you know why not just call a trainer yeah lots of trainers would help you find a dog and even and though we are we have the dog match program i'm sure other trainers would do it yeah yeah see see what kind of information you get because you may you may hear something you're like that's nonsense. I've never heard it before, but that's nonsense. I don't, you know, that's not true at all. Or you may hear, yeah, I've heard that a couple times uh, in the in the past from other people. You know, my, my grandparents had told me that about their dogs, or my sister told me that about that, her dogs and her kids, and learn and learn more about um, uh, about you know the the dog, the breed, you know, the age tendencies, but also insert yourself into that and kind of picture. Okay, this is what my lifestyle is like with my family. Yeah. This is what I'm seeing from this dog who we get outside and has been pulling on the leash for 25 minutes straight. Right. Do we match up or, or not? And, you know, regardless of what the, the, the shelter worker or the volunteer may be telling you, take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, also, if you've never had a dog before or if you're, you've never had a dog before and your children have been asking for a dog and they promise you they're going to walk it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> why don't you try fostering? Oh, absolutely. Why don't you try fostering first and see if, like, this is a good idea for your family? Yeah, it's a great way to test drive a dog, and that way you can see, okay, I understand how much work a dog is at this point, and I'm not only ready to take on that challenge, but I like it with this dog. And then you sign the paperwork, it's a done deal, you're all set. Or, no, this this isn't what I had expected. Yeah. Your I children play with it for a week, and then they go back to their video games? Okay. Right. Yeah. Then, then you you just continue fostering it until you find the dog a home, and you're like, okay, let's try this in a few years when the kids are more mature, or when, you know, when we're I'm, not as busy, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, what, whatever it may be. So I, I think that's a that's a great idea is, is test driving a dog through fostering because you're you know you're helping a dog out, you're helping a rescue out, you're learning more about about what what you want or what you're realizing what you think you want, um, yeah. and you're you're just get gaining gaining a greater understanding in in general. And that's like a Brian Kirkner secret because you've gotten most of your dogs by fostering them first right yeah yeah and i got sasha that way because you told me to (laughs) well i I fostered her first i fostered i fostered her for a day because i was leaving for vacation i was like seriously you want me to take this dog and you were like well i'll take her while you're gone but then you're taking her so yeah thank you for manipulating my life in the best way yeah of course um but it's it is a nice way to test drive a dog and if you if it's not a good match, you still did something good for the dog. It's yeah, not sitting course. in a shelter. It's sitting in your home. It's comfortable until it finds its forever home. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, <clears throat> it, it's a win-win for all of us. So um, anyway, so the, the original point here is just because a dog had an owner and currently does not have an owner or was brought back to the shelter, was brought back to the rescue does not mean there are problems with the dog. Right. It just means that that wasn't a match with that household. Exactly. It could mean that there are problems with the dog. It could mean that there, that those problems show up at your house. It could mean that the problems don't show. It could mean any number of things, but it's really no different than, you know, a dog you get from a breeder, whether it's at, at 12 weeks old or, or four years old, you right. know, whatever. A dog has had months, years, weeks to learn things yeah. from the environment. Stuff. Yeah. Some of these things are going to mesh well with, with you and your family and some, some aren't. Right. But it doesn't mean that just because the dog is at a shelter, it's, it's problematic. Right. So, so that's our myth. Good. Okay. Um, so we are finally at number one in the coming weeks. 
Do you want to do you want to tease to to people what that is? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this. Tell you what, for anyone who can guess what our number, our top number one myth is. I will send you a free Marine Dog Junior leash. Love it. So That's a great idea. text me or text Marina and say, this is what it is. And I will give some leeway. It doesn't have to be super specific, but is the most important thing that people misunderstand or don't know about, uh, about dogs and dog behavior. So okay. anyone can guess it, get a free Marine Dog leash. And what is the phone number, Brian? The phone number you can, you can text me at is, is the, on the logo, 703-489-1319. And Marina's number... Is five four zero seven six zero six two six six. No creeps, please. Yeah. So te- text either one. If give give us your guess, and uh, and we'll let you know who the who the winner is. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcast. Uh, iHeartRadio, Podify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and my Instagram, Marina, the number four, Good Dog Workshop. This has been Brian and Marina. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Take care.